Welcome to the Dream Mason Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. A Dream Mason is a person who's brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. I know we all have a Dream Mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner Dream Mason. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm Alex Terranova. Today I have a guest who is the definition of creating a positive mindset, creating a positive life, generating herself and resilience to keep going forward, to keep hustling and striving for greatness, whether she's alone in her business with her kids. My guest today is Amber Farr. Amber is the founder and owner of Flynn Sky, a popular Venice Beach woman's clothing line that is described as a little sexy, a little edgy, and a lot of beach meets the city. But Amber is also a single mom, an entrepreneur. She's a badass, positive-minded woman who shares with us her journey of losing everything, which has re-supported her in creating the dream of just really helping me people feel beautiful. I love one of the things I really got in this conversation with Amber was, you know, it doesn't matter how successful we look or how successful we are. We all are struggling with some sort of inner demons and inner dialogue. Hers happens to be an inner dialogue with a struggle over perfectionism and not feeling good enough. And she really is inspiring in the way she cultivates a life of positivity and being kind to people and really wanting her brand and her life to be something that makes other people feel good, whether it be through her clothes or an interaction at a grocery store. It was a, a real honor and pleasure to talk to Amber, somebody who I didn't know that well, who I met over social media, and we just had a, a common LA connection. And she just gets so vulnerable so open, so honest about her story, her journey, and building this brand in this line. And I know you are going to take a ton of value away. So please welcome Amber Farr to the Dream Mason podcast. Hey, Amber, what's up? How are you? Pretty much awesome all the time. <laughs> That's, that, <laughs> might, that, that might be the best response anybody has said to start one of these podcasts. Thanks for it's that. It's my goal. Yes, you're welcome. I'm here to for be, you. To be the best, to be the the best on my podcast. That's the goal. No, just to be happy. Nice on your pod on your podcast, of course. But yes, yeah, that's me. What do you do to be happy? Well, I know what to do when I'm not happy, and if for me it's anything that like hiking or I do things that uh, get me out of my own way. So for me, it's usually something to do with an activity. And luckily, my girlfriends are the same. So we'll meet and go hiking, walking on the beach. And, you know, you look around and you feel pretty grateful and realize that <laughs> it's a pretty good life. So that's what I do. So you take responsibility for your happiness and actually go create it. Yeah, I think it's a learn. I, th- I mean, unless you have a chemical imbalance, I think it's really alert behavior. Like I choose happiness and I know some people may, may uh, not agree with that, but for me it's worked. And so, um, you know, if I'm not feeling good, I listen to, I listen to podcasts. I listen to, um, 
you know, Anthony Robbins. I listen to just things that are going to help me get to that place again. So it doesn't mean I'm happy all the time, but I definitely try. <laughs> How's your, you know, we, we're, we're just jumping in here and I want to like, have you say a little bit, bit about who you are, but I actually, I love that we just started from happiness and I want to keep touching on it. Cause it's so like, people want to be happy and happiness. Mm-hmm. I always joke that happiness is, I heard this somewhere and I wish I remember where, but happiness is like a line drawn in the sand. And as soon as you step out to it, it moves itself back further. And like, it's elusive, yeah. like we're always chasing it, but it's a choice. Yeah. How does, how well, does, how, I, go ahead. Sorry, go no, no, go ahead. No, I, I always say fake it till you make it. Like if you go around and you try and connect with people and smile and, you know, th- there's a, there's a, there's a, for me, a big reality in walking around and, and trying to make people feel good and looking at things and looking at them with like, an open mind, a child's mind where you are grateful and it, you, it will create versus someone who is like, you know, people suck, LA's crowded, you know, and that that's what they're focusing on. That's what, that's, what's going to be prominent in their life. For me, I, I wake up in my house every day. I'm like, how do I live here? How is this my job? And it doesn't mean that I've always had good job, but I, I try really to just have gratitude and it does, it, it, it does. I mean, for me, it works. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I love it. sounds like you, it almost sounds like childlike wonder. Like you actually embrace life from that being present childlike wonder and gratitude place. Yeah. Was- and acting like a kid, like having a, like I laugh at everything. I'm in my car and I have the best time by myself. People probably think I'm crazy, but I have inner dialogue with like just looking around and, and, um, you know, and even like I look at people that have that the lacks in their life and homeless people and I have a bleeding heart. So I'm, I'm all over the place, but for some reason it keeps me pretty balanced in today. So how does it play? How does it play into what you do? Like your actual, your brand? Well, my brand is created because I liked him. I was a stylist. I mean, I've done everything in the industry, in the clothing industry, really on accident. It was not anything I aspired. I was, you know, an athlete as a kid. And, um, I think I would like beat my Barbies up, not dress them up. And (laughs) it, it went into making people feel good. Like I, all day long. I don't do, I don't design like normal people. I look at, at women and things and, and I'm like, Oh God, I love what she's wearing. And, but I would do this and I feel like there's a need for this. And it's about making women feel beautiful in my clothing. And that's really what my, um, my incentive is. So, and ta-da. <laughs> so and then what, who, like, this is great. And who are you? Like, tell people listening, like, who are you beyond a clothing designer, an entrepreneur? <laughs> who am I? I'm a mom, which is uh, me. I mean, my work, you know, you, you asked me that and it's been, it's kind of an interesting question because my, my focus has been, after losing everything, my focus has been on work and that almost became my identity, which, um, I'm having to unwind a little bit, but I'm a mom and I am, that's, that's what I've associated who I am. But I'm trying to work on that to get to a different place of being more than that. So I'll get back to you on (laughs) on that one. When when you figure 
figure it out when we all. Yeah, but I'm going to work on that one. I, I, yeah, I think I need to get a pen and paper out after this. <laughs> I, Who am I? I actually just read this morning, and now it's making me think of this question differently because I asked this to anyone that's on the podcast. But I just read this Deepak Chopra thing that was like, it's a practice that we should ask ourselves every single day of our life: Who am I? And then just sit and be with what shows up. And I was like, oh man. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I always live with a mindset for others. And so, you know, we've talked and you kind of mentioned that I, I have this, I'm always giving credit to other people. And it's, it, it is a big part of my lesson is trying to figure out who I am because I find more comfort and joy out of figuring out other people. So that's been my MO since I was very young. And um, part of what I think this is going to be giving me myself a compliment, but what makes me special is that I um, do care about everyone in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. My like dog's judging me right now. It's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing to say that you then like take power away from. You're like, it's weird. Well, so you have... You have Flynn Sky, which is your brand and the thing that you're building. Yeah. And I love what you just said. It's like clothes to make people or women specifically, or I guess anyone could wear it. Technically, anyone could buy your clothes. So yeah. <laughs> clothes to make people feel beautiful. Yes. How did you get? And I oh, go, go on. on. No, no because, because I, it's a weird thing. So we're in our we're in a. I work in a warehouse. I'm in factories. So I'm jeans and t-shirts most of the time, and sometimes. Because, I, it, well, it feels weird walking around in a dress when you're in that environment to me. It's disrespectful to my workers, and I'm trying to be part of what we do. Anyway, but sometimes I'll put on something I make, and I really do get compliments. It, it blows my mind. Like, I'll be getting money at the, you know, at the bank, and they'll say, oh, I love your jumper. And I, I kind of, you know, in my head, I'm like, I need it. <laughs> but, yeah, it, I think the prints and the, the femininity of it makes you feel pretty walk different. Anyway. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I told you, I was watching like an interview with you before we jumped on here. <laughs> and one of the things that, you know, you just reminded me of what you said is you talked about in that interview, you're like, I can't draw, I can't sketch. I don't have these talents. I don't have this. And what I, what I kind of heard you say oh, is yeah. there's all these reasons why you shouldn't have this successful brand and, or be able to be succeeding, but yet you have anyway. How have you not let well, all those things like actually get in your way? Because somebody else would have been like, oh, I can't draw, so I can't be a designer. Well, first of all, when I lost, well, I lost, I lost a business. I had a rough time. I lost a business. It was, and so someone asked me to come on board and said, can you design a collection? And when you need to feed your kids and yourself, you just say yes. And um, I am a competitive human and uh, I don't, I just, again, I kind of faked it till I make it, <laughs> made it. And mm-hmm. yeah. And the, and I, and for years, I mean, the company's just over five years old. And, and for years I felt like an imposter. I didn't know how to do all these things. I didn't go to design school. And then I saw these documentaries on, um, Vera Wang and some really, some people that run, you know, uh, what was Givenchy? I don't remember which companies, but, and they didn't know how to sketch. And so when I heard that, I kind of went, wait a minute. And and also because I've been doing it long enough and keep bodies, keep coming, styles keep coming out that you start having to 
kind of believe that you can do it. <laughs> um, did I get off track? Probably. No, no, you're, you're, well, <laughs> let's go back then. Cause you talked about how you had businesses fail and I think it's really, people don't like failure. People don't try things because they're so afraid to fail or they're so afraid to succeed. What's the, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're like now having this, great success but it wasn't always this way and i think we forget we don't see that right we see like what's happening now and we forget that somebody like spent years getting there tell me like fashion story um well first of all every i i love to like listen to successful people when i'm walking in the morning i'm listening to successful people and the one thing that they all say 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 is that anyone that's successful has failed. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you, you have to fail. And uh, my failure was, uh, had to do with a lot of things, a couple of bad choices um, and the recession had always been successful at what I've done. I was even successful at that business and um, losing it got me to where I am today. So, you know, I also think there are no mistakes um, in in failure, failure, fail, and failure is the reason that I wake up every morning with a smile on my face because I know what it's like, and so this tastes way better, <laughs> feels better. That's great. This tastes way better. What What was the actual? You had a you had a clothing store, right? Like an actual uh-huh. before that. How, how did you even yes. get there? What's the like? Where, when did when did you step oh into the world? And just take me through like the you know, a quick journey from start to quick journey. Yeah. I was a pro snowboarder, oh. which I haven't done in years. People always bring it up and I'm like, I probably can't get off a chairlift. However, I did that. Um, and I remember I was living in Malibu and I had to get a job and I got one at this couture store, um, and worked there for a long time, became their top salesman. And I remember meeting someone and writing a business plan and I got finally after years, got a money to open a store. Um, had that from 10 years and it was considered one of the best boutiques in LA. What was it called? And it was great. It was called blonde, like city search. It had like awards. It was an, it really an amazing experience. And then it just all went to hell. <laughs> it was not, uh, 2008, I believe. And, and I lost it and I was, I was behind in paying for my house. I, my house got robbed at that time. I was at Coinstar trying to feed my kids. It was just, it went, it went south. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's my journey really fast. And that's yes. when I got, I started styling for FX and then someone, a uh, uh, Planet Blue said, do you want to come on board and design this collection, which became one of their number one brands in their store. So that was, that's my timeline. Yeah. I love that you skip over, like you touch on it. And so we see it, but we don't get like the full detail of you went from, <laughs> I want to say like from the top in a version of the top to the bottom. Like if you're feeding your kids at Quinstar, that's a, a huge uh, deviation. I, it really, well, it just, it's, it was, I mean, there's a, there's a whole story within itself, but I brought someone into my business. I, took a partner it just and I thought they knew more than me because um I don't know why I thought they knew more than me but they didn't and it didn't do it didn't serve the business 
and it went, and then the recession, and there was just a perfect storm of, and I got ousted out of the business. I see it is a lot to it, but I ended up with, with owning a hundred percent of something and to having nothing in a very short time and having no job from having a career. So, and yeah, and having an overhead and having no income. So I just was, and it's weird when I was in it, I don't even think until I got out of it, I realized how bad it was. And, you know, when you talk about a story and then you, you relive it and you're like, whoa. But yeah. when I was in it, I was just trying to get out of it as quick as possible and maintain some dignity while doing it. Um, and that's when I was telling you that I went from having a house, having a cool business, you know, having money to my mom coming to sign and give me the down payment for a car because I had no credit and couldn't afford a car. And that, you know, my mid thirties where I was at was very daunting. And you didn't mention this. You're doing all this with what two, did you have two kids at the time by yourself? Yes. And I never took money from them. And I know this is like secondary, but I never took money from either dad. So I was truly, and I'm good. I'm there. They're good people. I'm good friends. It's just, it was my choice. But when you're in that position and you have zero income and yeah, I had people giving me Starbucks cards. People are really great. When I went through that, I got a lot of support, but it still doesn't make it, you know, when you're taking your kids to Lincoln with your jar of buttons and coins, the weird shit you find a jar, jar to like make ends meet. And every time, and still to this day, when I go to put a credit card down, I start sweating because I remember buying groceries and not knowing if I had, you know, if you have X amount in the, in the account and you're buying groceries and if you go over it, it will decline. And it was just always, it was horrible. So I still have trauma ties from that. <laughs> How did it yeah. impact, like your kids are a lot, your kids are older now. How did yeah. it impact them? Like, what do you see that they learned from experiencing the up, the down, and the back up again? Um, well, I think for me, well, my kids, well, I have a 20-year-old. He's like my, because I had him young, and he's honestly like my best, one of my best friends. And just respect. My my kids respect me because I've, from the get-go, I've explained to them what's going on. And, and, and every kind of achievement or accolade I get through my, through Flynn Sky I tell them or, or, you know, Hey, this account just last week, I mean, it was a $35,000 order and this, it was supposed to, this is crazy, but it was supposed to ship on the 15th, which is a Sunday. I shipped it on the 16th, which was a Monday and they bounced it. They said, we're not taking this order because you should have shipped it on Friday. Now what, what that means to me is that they're overbought or whatever, but you know, I come home and you know, I talk to my kids and I say, this is what happened today and it's very stressful and you might want to give me a couple minutes of alone time on my glass <laughs> of wine. No, but that's how I talk to them. And like, so they've seen everything. And so I think there's just a sense of no matter what they have, there's no entitlement and they have um, just an appreciation and understand that it, there's, there's no easy street when you are building a brand. 
and yeah, it's cool. So, and I bring my daughter on pot. I bring her to every time I've spoken on a panel or anything. My daughter's 11, but I, since she was young, I brought her and she has such a strong sense of self, I think from experiencing being part of the journey. So, yeah. So if we asked her who she is, she would totally be able to answer that question. Yeah, she'd be like, what? I'm Flint Sky. That's her name. <laughs> and I, she speaks fluent Mandarin. She's got oh, wow. more. She, yeah, it's like the 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 amount of, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I mean, she is a forward thinker. I, yeah, she would know who she is. So what's given you the ability to like have these setbacks and then like consistently just pick yourself up, pull yourself up and like kind of keep moving on, but not just moving on because like you have to, to feed your kids. The thing that I'm present to in, in your speaking is you do it with like this amazingly positive attitude. Um, again, I feel pretty lucky in my life and I, my attitude, my, my attitude at work is always solutions. I don't eat. So everyone in my staff, almost everyone, it started as an intern. So I have a lot of pound puppies that work for me. They're the most hardworking, amazing, loyal team. And I have to absolve, I have to absorb their mistakes due to the fact that, that they're learning a trade with me. So when there is an error, which happens human errors or anything, it's, solution. Let's learn from it, not do this mistake again and find a solution. There's no blame. There's no fear. I don't, I mean, I've never yelled at anyone. Well, I, I've mumbled <laughs> around in walking in circles when uh, shit's hitting the fan for which it does. I mean, you're in production. Anyone listening that is in any kind of production knows that you could do the same exact thing. Use the same team the same fabrics, the same whatever, and there will always be a different mistake because it's, you know, it's human. Yeah. Um, so we're just solution finders. And I, you know, I put it on my Instagram stories. I always try to show people how the office is and it's fun. I want my, my team to, to have fun. So I don't know what I'm talking about right now, but <laughs> where I wondered, but yeah, my goal is to find solutions and to have a good time because um, you know, another thing I would say, we're not, we're, we're not curing cancer. We're, we're working with Rayon. So I, I just keep it simple. That's great. I, when yeah. I used to uh, <laughs> open restaurants and bars and, and that was like, my thing was opening them. So it was restaurants and the mm. hospitality industry is hard enough as it is, but then opening oh, up yeah. even is, is even worse. Cause it's, no one knows, actually knows what they're doing. Right. It's that first yeah. and customers <laughs> expect to have a great experience, even if it's your first day. And mm -hmm. that was like my signature That's a hard business. to say was to, to like new servers, new bartenders, the kitchen, when things would go wrong, would be like, guys, we're not curing anyone's cancer here. We're serving burgers, burritos, margaritas. Like, yeah, like figure it out. And everyone's <laughs> going to be okay. And if they don't, like they're going to get over it. You know, that yeah. all walk away and be fine. This is not, we don't need to be, we don't need to be crying because of this. It's all good. Well, it's also, it's also not what you say. It's how you say it. So a lot of things in business are, you know, I have big goals. I'm, I mean, I'm hard on myself. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what people see the journey for me from the outside world may be is probably nothing like what I personally personally am going through because when you when you're in it my I'm trying to my goal is just trying to get out of the the, the fear-based uh mode from losing everything once you've lost everything you know you could lose it again you know it's like being burned so my drive is always has a slight hint of fear behind it because I don't ever want to be there again, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. So I, um, yeah, that's one of my goals is, is to more enjoy the journey a little bit more than, I mean, I do enjoy it, but yeah, to lose the fear part, I don't think that will happen, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's a big part of my goals, um, with work. When we talked about before, before we, before today about that you're a perfectionist and you just kind of pointed Mm -hmm. to what you're actually going through. And I think we all Mm -hmm. have that, right? It's not like you're going through something and everyone out there in the world is just like dandy and fine. Everyone's going through Mm -hmm. their experience of life, which has some version of, of suffering likely, unless you're the Buddha. Mm -hmm. Um, what What is your version of this perfectionism that people don't get to see? I'm very hard on myself. I, I, I don't you know my goals for the business, to be honest, haven't been reached in the time frame that I wanted. So I don't feel that I'm, I feel that I can be doing better. I'm always looking. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I guess I just said I'm hard on myself and I, um, yeah, I want to be better. I want to be, I, I want to touch more people. And again, that's why I try and show the stories, like the, the relatable part, because I just, I don't, I, I want to be approachable. I want, I, you know, I, I respond to every DM on my Instagram almost um, because I, I always feel so grateful that one person wants to wear my brand. So you know, people write me and they ask me questions or they want to do um, like for college, can I ask you questions for my school? I'm like, yes, you can. And my staff laughs because there's only one of me, but I'm always scrambling so cool. to try and make sure that everyone knows how grateful I am for, for the position I'm in and the support um, of the company. I love that. That's really awesome. Um, Thanks. Well, I, and look, I've never asked anyone this before and I have it that I believe that you're actually a good person to ask because I think you're really honest and I think you're, you will answer, but if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. I'll answer. Bring it, bring it. But I'm actually curious about the inner dialogue because. Oh, I've been saying that a lot lately. That's really weird. I've been saying I've had a lot of inner, like maybe I was cuckoo. (laughs) Well, and so, but this is the thing, right? Like that's the thing we all experience. Like, and I think when you have somebody like you, who's doing well, like, who's doing well in their business, they, you occur as happy. You have these kids that you have good relationships with, like things for the most yeah. part are going well, but yet you still have an inner dialogue. That's not like your homie. It's not like your best friend. It's literally messing yeah. with you. And yep. everyone has that. But I think that people think that like, Oh, when I, when I eventually get successful, at whatever that thing is, I want no. whether it be a marriage or a business, like it'll go away. It will never go away. And a lot of people that I see that I know that are the most, most successful have the hardest time with finding, um, it gets very lonely. And I'm not saying me, I, I'm a small little 
little person in a bigger planet. But it is weird because sometimes uh, I see why worlds get smaller because sometimes there's a sense of want. When you meet people, they're, they're instantly, if they find that there's something that you have they want, there's a little bit of that, which gets a little isolating. Um, and again, I don't have that that much, but uh, yeah, I do have the inner dialogue. And I, I really think that's funny that you use that term because I go to therapy and I said, I've had way too much inner dialogue lately. And um, I think being human, you, you're going to have that no matter if you drive a nice car, if you have a good business, there's just, there's a lack somewhere or there's your childhood. I call it a shadow that I have that, that follows me, that tells me that um, I need to be doing better, that I'm not doing good enough. And yeah, I argue with that, that, that voice a lot. So, you know, my life seems perfect, but, but there's no such thing. You know, I'm isolated a lot because through work, I, I probably the most single human on the planet because I work and I have kids and I, that's been my focus. So, you know, there's, there's always a piece of the pie missing, I, I think. And, you know, if someone's working a lot, they're not maybe feeding themselves in, in an emotional way that some other people can, I guess. Is that honest enough? <laughs> yeah. And thanks, well, thanks for, I mean, it's, I, you said what I, a version of what I, what I almost expected, but this is what I do. You know, I, I get to hear mm-hmm. people, in the dialogue. I get to hear that I'm not good, like that thought of I'm not good enough or I need to do better, which is the conversation mm-hmm. I have. It's like one of my mentors said to me one day, you have a goalpost. And as soon as you kick the ball, the goalpost slides backwards. And she's, oh and it's like, well, that sounds like a fun game. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, I can't ever win. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, and that's when you, for me, what's worked is, is trying to make like, no matter if it's good or bad, like I feel good when I'm in my office, I feel good with my team. And sometimes it's what I got in the habit of is feeling really amazing there and then coming home and being very isolated and um, that's the, like mornings are great because I'm hiking, I'm walking. It's my favorite, but you know, I love, I love going to sleep because I love waking up. I get excited. So I, I do my morning routine, which I think a lot of people that are, you know, again, listening to people that are successful routine is important. So I make sure I have my, my me time in the morning. I go to work and then I come home and I'm, I'm done. I'm tapped. So you know, I'm sitting in my house that I love and I'm sitting on my couch. I'm like, I got nothing <laughs> for anybody. And that's where the, yeah. And it sometimes it sucks. You know, I want to be connecting with people on a different way than through work. And I just, I'm like, oh, this battery's dead. So I'm going to recharge it by um, blinking for the next two hours <laughs> till it's bedtime. <laughs> I was just having a conversation with somebody about the veil. And to me, I, I don't know if I, I make, we could just call it the veil, but what everyone sees and what's actually going on. Because if it, you, it, no one. Yeah. Right? Okay. Sorry. I have such a thing about this, but yeah. No, go tell us. Hey, sure. Well, because I, you know, my world is my business was started and driven through social media. And 
you know, it's funny, anything from, you know, I've a million guys are like, Hey, the girl on uh, the third row to the right, is she single? And I'm like, what am I hiding place? Like, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know all these girls, but I love, you know, I have a, a relationships with a lot of them through social media and we are supportive of one, each other, one another, which is incredible. But, um, you know, a lot of people I know that they show these perfect lives and then I, you know, when I actually sit down with them and we talk about what's really going on, it's just smoke and mirrors. And for me, it's, it's an interesting time for people because they're saying that you know, the, the only form of social media that, that sparks joy is YouTube because the rest are made to make you feel meh. Like I look at everyone's story. I'm like, wow, everyone's so social and everyone's so skinny and everyone's so happy and look at their boyfriends and ah and and then when you talk to them they're like I hate my boyfriend I'm trying to figure it out you know the, this whole thing and you're like okay the, the world is this this smoke and mirrors and we're all kind of sucked into the the false reality of what really is so it's weird <laughs> well, the wizard. Of, I, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, the Wizard of Oz was like a prediction of what our right. lives. George Orwell. I mean, I mean, there's a few books where you read them, and you're like, ah, they're in. in I, I think I saw this thing, and I think it was in China where they were putting uh, arrows on the floors because people are looking and walking with their phones, so they can just look. They don't even have to look up anymore. They can just follow these arrows, and I'm like, oh, great. So yes, and, and that's a lot of, for me even when I, I, I'm getting better now, but in the beginning I was definitely working a lot and forgot what social, being social was. I would get my, my, um, my, my, I don't know what the word is, but I would get my, anyway, I would look at social media or I'd post something on Facebook and you'd get all these little like, I love you, thank you, you're doing great. And you would get your, your needs, but it, to me, it was like eating candy. It's, it's uh -huh. very short lived and it's not real. I mean, it is real, but it isn't real, but they're like, you know, you're like, I don't have 200,000 friends. You know, this is my brand following, but you can get your head mixed up with, you know, these are all my friends. And it's like, yeah, I'm sitting home on the couch alone because I, I am too tired to move. So that's where the reality and the it just kind of gets warped a little bit. It's a little frightening. That's great. I mean, you just explained it so perfectly and so real for somebody that is in that situation. Thanks for that. Thanks mm -hmm. for letting us see like the reality of you <laughs> and like the things you said pointing to like, Hey, she's so skinny. They're so happy. They're so pretty. Look at the boy. Like that's, the conversation that people are having in their own heads, but nobody sits down with somebody else and actually says, Hey, my social media is making me crazy or it's actually making me unhappy or cause it's not designed for that. Right. We think of uh, you, the candy analogy is perfect. I said once at one point to my coach, I was like, man, I just want to sit in a room and like eat like pizza all day in Hawaii and just like hang out. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, hello. You know? like, you know Can how long that would be fun for? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, think about the last time you ate really poorly. Like how many meals in a row till you had that moment where you went, oh my God, I feel so terrible. Just give me something green. 
And I, and mm-hmm. I paused and I went, oh, it's, it's that like shadow version that tells us, hey, we could sit in a room all day and eat candy or we should just be focused on our social media because the likes we get will fill us up. But yeah, it it's this weird thing. Doesn't last. It's fleeting. But also, no, but also I do these photo shoots. They, I mean, just throwing a number out, just studio shoots. You spend seven to ten thousand dollars. Why? Because you have a makeup artist, you've got lighting, you've got hair, you've got a stylist, you've got. I mean, and I, I again, I always post those. So I'm like, this is this is not a girl walking. If the girl walks in, she's usually, you know, half of them are in jean shorts, Converse, no makeup, and you know, and they're they're don't get me wrong, they're models, they're gorgeous, but it takes a team to to get them the way they are when we go to like the Coachella outfits I mean we're planning with these girls for a month their outfits you know this isn't a casual like oops I look like this this is a very thought out you know this is you know I don't it's it's just it's not reality it's become it's the the new modern magazine Mm -hmm. but the the models are or the people the celebrities that you know influencers have become are um, approachable relatable but don't get it twisted they have teams behind them that makes them in general to make them look the way they do professional photographers I mean I take a selfie and I'm like ooh you know there's like 50 selfies and then you find the one you like like it's 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 just all fantasy. But yeah. fun. Yeah. I love it, but ish. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the both sides. It's the light and the dark side of it, right? Which is mm-hmm. everything. So yeah. what, who, who are people that inspire you? My friends. I am – so a lot of my girlfriends have brands. Like one of my best friends is Tori Praver. My, I mean, all of them, Stone Cold Fox, Jen Pyrogoody, Goddess. I mean, these are all girls in the industry. We all support each other. If, you know, I need a distributor, I could call, um, call one of my girlfriends and say, okay, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this. Can you help me? Or my, they'll say, oh my God, my pattern maker just disappeared. And we help each other. And it's just, and not only that, we're supportive when there are good things happening no one feels threatened so in terms of I mean a lot of people inspire me but the fact that collectively as a group of women in the same industry no one looks at each other and goes ah well if you're succeeding I suck it's just this I think and I think social media has a big part of that where we've learned to piggyback to support because that's how you get ahead in social media not cutting someone down, not isolating. It's about, uh, you know, this unity. So I, I love that part of brand building. And again, social media, I, you know, I just kind of get the dark side, but what an amazing free marketing tool to grow a brand. Yeah. It's pretty it's really, incredible. Yeah. And I mean, you just pointed to all these people that are your friends and that you're all mm-hmm. helping each other first and, I mean, to your point earlier, you're like, I respond to every DM. Now that might get you like a whole bunch more of like, who's that girl in row six, seven, eight, nine. Those were all my next questions, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. But yeah. there's, uh, thanks for pointing out that the, 
the really positive side of it. Look, we wouldn't be having this conversation if it weren't for social media. So no, the, when I launched with social media and it was crazy, who was uh, Vanessa Hudgens? She was like just a supportive person of the brand. She, she would post on when we were, I was doing a sample sale and we had, this is when I first started thousands of girls online because she decided that she was going to support the brand, which I'll never forget. And I think Beyonce wore like really crazy stuff that again, I, I say, cause I'm lucky, but it, it, you put that on social media or Lady Gaga and it blows your brand up and yeah. you can't. So I have these girls that, you know, have millions of followers. My first model was Bella Hadid, which was another I say I'm lucky, but that was crazy. Um, but these girls supported the brand and their followers became eyes on my brand. And I, I really don't know another way that you can get that, you know, so social media is definitely a blessing for uh, a new brand. I think, even though it's hard to move it now. If you could, if you could like get advice from one person, living or dead about your life, about your brand, who would it be? Advice. Well, I get some pretty good advice. I have some good mentors. Um, who would I talk to? I probably talk, you know, this would sound crazy. My grandma, because she was such, uh, she's like a race car driver. She was the first um, Coca-Cola model, but she was just an incredible, inspiring piece of work so I think with her or someone that um you know I say I, I listen to Tony Robbins but I love people like that um Richard Branson people that are just um forward thinkers and I would love to talk to any of them Elon Musk of course hello <laughs> I mean if you could have an impact on somebody that's out there right now like doing something, do you have any idea who that like person would be, what they'd be up to, what you'd most like to impact? I'd like to impact, I mean, through my story, I hope that I give someone, anyone, um, a little bit of, of inspiration, a lot of inspiration and, um, and just a little push to say that you can do it, that you can do things that you, that if you, if you had written down for me, was this meant for me? Probably not, but that you can, you know, you don't have to have your life set at 20. I've lived many, many lives already and jobs and different things. And that, um, you know, the journey is a pretty amazing one if you stay positive and, uh, yeah, I inspire a lot of people. Nice. The last thing I wanted to touch on and we didn't get to it at all is, but when we talked originally, you shared with me like what your dad taught you about life. <laughs> and I thought it was pretty cool. I don't remember what I said. My dad's, um, it was, it was really about mindset. I asked you like where, how you became like this, where the mindset came from and you shared with me. I mean, I can tell well, you. It's a negative, it's a, you can tell me it's a negative positive because my dad was the mindset was there's only number one. So, mm it's it's a demon I live with because you know you know how I live and it's an uncomfortable place sometimes but yeah he was an overachiever so he put that on those kids 
Thanks, Dad. <laughs> so it's good, and it's 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 the same thing. There's the good side, the upside, and the downside of it. Yeah, I don't think anything has one side. And if you do, you've got blinders on. You know, the life is got many dimensions, and like I am extremely. I mean. This has been very focusing, <laughs> but focus, but I'm at very attention deficit. And when I was younger, they, you know, doctors wanted to put me on meds and it's the reason that I can do a collection in a day and I don't have an assistant besides my team that, you know, obviously we talk about everything, but is my disorder has become my asset. So, um, yeah, I think it's perception, pers- perspective can't even speak yeah you got it you're pretty clear you're pretty focused (laughs) i want to hear what my dad said i said about my dad (laughs) no you pretty you pretty much said your dad you you shared with me that your dad um gave you like put in your mind that you have to do things with the desire to win and that it was all about competition and that he, he beat into you the idea that you have to have the mindset of a champion and be number one yes well his dad was a champion boxer and he so he had that beat in him and then he beat that into us. And I, I mean, that is not physically, but you know, the, the mindset has been kind of, I see where he got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, he definitely raised us that way. And, and it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Is that why you have, um, is that, is that what you got Lieutenant Dan for to keep everybody like, you know, humble and honest? <laughs> Yeah, Ludan and Dan, my uh, weenie dog with no legs. Yeah, he's sleeping here. He's he's happy that I'm actually home sitting right now. So he's, he's kind of mind blown. Seems like it's my day. Um, anything else you want to share about, you know, that you think would be of value to people to hear from someone like you? Yeah, I really think that people, should, this is going to sound a little cheesy, but should try to to be present and to be positive. Have gratitude. If you're thinking in gratitude, then you're in the present. And 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 have, being positive because you'll see your day will be different. Like even when someone's bagging my groceries, I try and connect and say, "How are you? You're pretty," or you know, pick something to make them feel good. And if you do that and you walk around the guy parking your car, you smile. Like your day is going to be better. I promise. Versus someone who's like, you know, LA sucks or, you know, I hear that from some people and I go, you are going to bring in, bring in the darkness. Like try and try and make people feel good and see how it makes you feel. You'll, 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 you'll probably end up winning in that situation. That's my story. And that's why I think that good things happen to me is because that's, yeah, I don't know. It becomes a little like a synergy. Well, no, it's, it's great advice. And it resonates a lot for me because that's the path that I've moved on to, you know, doing gratitude every day, looking at the the thing, the simple things in life that I actually can appreciate and and enjoy because the life. But do you think it changed? Oh my God. Well, when you, when you were saying it, the thing that I thought most of is like, I used to be that guy. Like I was the guy who was negative and complained about everything and looked for what was wrong. But the thing that I've come to realize is it was, it was, it's, it was just, inter- it was an internal deficit that I had to project on yeah. my outside world because if I didn't think I was enough, then I had to bring everything else down to my level. But now that, oh, I, yeah. that I've rebuilt that inner, I want to say that inner love, it's, it's 
you know, it, it's funny as like a man, when we, when I'm, as a man, when I talk about self-love, it's like such a weird thing. Men can't like be with that idea because men were taught to be mm. strong, like just be strong. And it's actually takes that strength to, to have that moment where you go, oh my God, I'm an asshole or I'm negative because I actually don't like myself. And yeah. Get- well, my dad used to say real men cry and my dad's as manly and like, you know, chivalrous as it gets. But the truth of the matter is to be, to be, um, and the weak isn't the word, but to be soft and to be, be vulnerable is a very, very, um, you have to be strong because you're showing your, your, not your weakness. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I think that's a really commendable thing for a male, but that's a whole nother subject because I think, you know, women are now having to be very strong and it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's an interesting environment for everyone trying to figure their way right now yeah it's kind of there's there's something in it about doing it all together versus like women have to be strong and men have to be soft or vulnerable whereas actually we likely all need the same things and what we've what we're doing is just flipping the coin over so instead of Mm -hmm. actually creating some balance or something that we're just trying to solve the problem. Like now the weak should become the strong and the strong should be, which just has my thing is always like, you can't the, the oppressed can't become the oppressors. You just flip mm-hmm. the coin. It doesn't serve anyone to do that. Well, the but, pendulum swung in yeah. another direction and it needs to kind of come back down and like mm-hmm. calm down a little and it'll everyone, get there. You know, everyone can Hopefully be everything. Soon. We are. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a believer that we are everything that, that it's not that even in when I shared like the way I used to be, it's not about like yeah. the, the old me was bad. It's actually bringing them together and having them connect as one and seeing like the, the value and the not value in both. That's the wholeness of it all. But. Yeah. And growth. It's about growth. Like there's never, I mean, you always want to be moving forward. So you can't, you don't punish yourself for who you were yesterday or a year ago. You just, you know, hug yourself and say, look, look at what I'm doing today and where I'm going. And, you know, there's, there's more places that, you know, you always want to grow and change. So, I mean, that's the hopes for me. Yeah. No, me too. And I hope that's what people get from this is like that they can continue to grow and evolve and, work on their dreams and we know whatever they are. How do people track you down, find you, get you to answer their DMs? What, what's the best way to contact you if people want to? Um, the if best way is, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, on social media is a big way because, and again, I do my best. Like, you know, I had, yeah. <laughs> I did a giveaway and the girl and, and I do giveaways a lot with my, with people to try and show them that thank you. And maybe I can get, you know, I'm just trying to give back. And, and a girl got upset because she said, uh, I had, I I'd responded twice to her DMS and, and then I didn't. And she was really, really upset with my customer service. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> you just made my giveaway suck. But <laughs> I, I no, I was like, wow, not grateful. Um, Anyway, the point is that I do try and respond. Sometimes I miss them. Sometimes I read them and say I'm going to get back to them. But in general, I definitely am trying to um, give back. And not give back to, yeah, I'm trying to give back. But I'm trying, I try and respond to that. I'm not going to give my emails because I suck at those. No, it's okay. So, <laughs> so people want to follow, what's your, uh, what's your Instagram if people want to follow your brand? 
It's my brand and daughter's name. It's Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N, Sky, S-K-Y-E. And, you know, hopefully it makes people feel good when they watch it, not bad, because um, <laughs> you get to watch what I eat every day. Is the website the, is and, the, website the same too? Yeah, FlynnSky.com. Awesome. And that's a work in progress. We're always changing it. So I, loved, I love feedback. Um, feedback's good, you guys. Please. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you uh, so much for, for this. Thanks for being real. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for being <laughs> honest. Thanks for actually being the first person I got to ask what your inner dialogue was. They, oh, and, and I'm really present to like the dichotomy of who you are, who your brand is, who your, your life story. It really is that pendulum. And like we really mm-hmm. got to see it swing from both sides in this conversation. Yeah. And for me, it's just, it was a beautiful example of like what it really is to be human. So thanks for that. Uh, I'm very human. And I also just read a good book. So if everyone wants to read it, because it deals with your shadow and it deals with gratitude, it's called The Tools. I don't remember who wrote it, but it was a really kind of cool read on a lot of the stuff we talked about. So if people want to read something, I've, you know, no benefit from the book. I just thought it was a good read. So, and it definitely kind of resonated. So The Tools, I don't know who wrote it, but I think it's- I'll figure it out. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's a good book. Anyway, so um, no, it was great. And I appreciate you taking time to listen to my ongoing journey. (laughs) You're very welcome. Thanks again. (laughs) I would send you a dress, but I don't know if it would fit you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to get into the gym and do like a billion more hot yoga classes. And then maybe maybe I'll have some new transformation and we can talk. Blue would be so pretty for you. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. Um, all right. Well, thanks for having me. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for listening to another episode of the dream Mason podcast. Please subscribe to the dream Mason podcast. So you don't miss an episode, share it with a friend and give us a review on iTunes. I am grateful to have had you here. If you want more, you can follow or reach out to me, Alex Terranova, on Instagram at inspirationalalex or at thedreammason.com or email me at alex at thedreammason.com. And remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves. Dreams can't stand by me.